The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Join 2014 Psychic of the Year Jennifer Schaefer as she hosts your Spirit Hour every second Tuesday of the month right here on Shea Parker's Best of the Best. Jennifer has been tested and validated as a member of Best American Psychics, Best American Healers and Certified Psychic Society. She is certified by International Master Psychic Lisa Williams as an Advanced Psychic at Lisa Williams International School of Spiritual Development and is mentored by Hans King and Alfred Ricci for mediumship at Agape International Spiritual Center. Jennifer is the founder of PsychicAngels.net where she gives back to the community by working with law enforcement as a psychic profiler and investigator. Her cases have been profiled on Dr. Phil, and she was a reoccurring guest on The Ricky Lake Show. She can be reached at bestamericanpsychics.com and jennifershafer.com. That's Jennifer, S-H-A-F-F-E-R.com. Now, here is our host, Jennifer Schaefer. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to your Spirit Hour. I am here with Kathy Bill. Um, she is part of Best American Psychics, and she is a fantastic astrologer. And I really would love to hear a little update on what's happening in the world, Kathy. Hi, Jen. Hi, babe. I could talk for 45 minutes about this month, so I'll make it as brief as I can. This is a pivot point. The year is going to shift mode drastically after we get out of July. This month we are... Uh, dealing with coming to grips with and wrapping up some long-term structural cycle, uh, structural change cycles, finishing up a lot of realigning that started around the winter holidays and then heated up again in July. And as the month goes on, uh, you'll you'll notice the atmosphere starting to shift. Uh, next week, the planet of expansion and good fortune changes signs into Leo, which is great for anybody who's a fire sign, but especially for Leo. Uh, it changes, it takes 12 years to go around the zodiac, and so it's been <laughs> since 2002 wow. since we've experienced this, and it's, it's like lighting everybody's internal fires and also really encouraging inner children to play. And then around the 20th, the uh, cosmic foot goes off the brake pedal and there'll be the feeling of a lot of stalled stuff finally lunging, lurching forward and not long after that, Mars, the planet of action, finally leaves the relationship sign of Libra where he has been since mid-December. Now, normally that planet moves very quickly through signs and every couple of years we have he sticks around in one sign a long time and we're really forced to deal with an issue. So we've been all paying extraordinary and often <laughs> unwelcome attention to relationship issues since the middle of December. And yes. now we're coming up with the new, I hate the word, but if it's paradigm that we're moving into. And there's a lot of realigning going on right now. A lot of paths 
diverging, people saying goodbye, a lot of unmasking and seeing someone you thought was on the same page as you is not even in the same book series as you. That's a a very uh, comforting way of putting it. Um, Yes, it's... uh, it's made our work a lot more interesting, that's for sure. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot more interesting. Um, I, you know what, Kathy? What is it that's making, and well, I'll be brief, the relationship issues that are going on right now, um, what would be your advice as a, as a psychic that does astrology? What would be your advice to someone? I know that each person is different, but in general, with what you just said, how, do you, would you tell them to wait before they come to terms with it, or would you tell them to just grieve their losses? What would you tell them? Well, first I'd tell them to be honest with who they've become by this point. Very and, nice. okay. and that's because everyone is moving, being offered the opportunity to move into a greater place of comfort with his or her, her true nature. And okay. uh, if, if something isn't working with someone, if it's not jiving, if you're wondering, oh, is it going to come back? Which is the question <laughs> I get every time I turn the call buttons on. Um, the, 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 really, the question should come back to, do you feel safe? Do you feel nurtured? Do you feel secure? Mm. And if the answer is no, then it means thank you, bless you, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm laughing only because of my own experience. You said the word (laughs) nurtured and my husband would agree with the other parts of what you said with me, but maybe not the nurturing aspect. Um, (laughs) As you know, Kathy's incredibly talented, everyone out there. Please look her up. Where is the best way that they can find you, sweetheart? My site is empowermentunlimited.com net like safety net. And I'm also on Facebook under Empowerment Unlimited. Yes, and subscribe to her podcast so you can get these each week. Um, That's right. She is, I mean, it really kind of gives you a, a, a very good overview of why you feel a certain way at certain times. And I personally have, um, she's bred me and I just absolutely love her, obviously. That's why thank I have you, you on. And um, thank you. Thank you so you're, much, Kathy. I appreciate welcome. it. Keep me posted. I will. I will. All righty. Okay. Bye, Bye. Okay, now for my next guest, which which I'm very that was by Kathy, which I'm very excited about. Um, someone who I actually was googling um, skeptics and investigations, and he came up. Um, this is someone that has written a book that I believe is life changing for everyone for psychic mediums, for clients, for people that are in search of the afterlife to get answers to questions that they know are out there, but they might be caught they might be caught up with what their old paradigms are, which Kathy said she didn't like that word, neither do I. Your old uh, clothing, your old chemical makeup. And he has really come out with a book that's compiled with so much information from all different sides. And I just... His name is Bob Olson. He was uh, originally a, um, a private investigator, and he went into this with a 15-year investigation purpose of answering all the, you know answering things that could be subjective. But he he did it in a way that re- that I feel will resonate with each and every person that I've ever come in contact with in one way or, or another. And whether you're grieving the loss of a loved one or curious about what happens when you 
when we die or pondering your own mortality, this book will leave you feeling less fear about death, inspired to live more loving and you know a purposeful life, and comforted by new thoughts about your loved ones in the afterlife. And Bob, I have to tell you, um, you really, really, you nailed it. This book, I cannot keep a copy. (laughs) 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 I hand them out to all my clients. I sent, you know, I'm waiting for you to get it on an audiobook. When is that going to come out, by the way? Uh, Well, you know, I've had a lot of requests. And so uh, sooner than I thought it was going to. But yeah, we're working on that. So uh, we will make a big announcement when it's out there because I was surprised how many people really wanted that. But anyways, but... Thank you for that introduction. Yeah. That was very, very kind of you. And uh, you, I don't know, you said you weren't nurturing. That was a very nurturing introduction. <laughs> <laughs> so your husband, he's going to be mad at you now. Um, thank you very much. I'm really happy to be here with you. Thank you. Thank you. It's, um, I, I mean, I'm an investigator myself. I mean, I, I investigated you. I investigated the things that you've done. And I, I'm telling you, I was, I, I, at first didn't really want to like you and then when I I actually when I ordered your um, you have an incredible workshop and I began to understand where you were coming from that psychic medium workshop that you have that course that three-day intensive course is spectacular and you because you you're you claim you're not a psychic or a medium you gave information that every person in this business can benefit from. And um, it's funny, even without talking to you, I learned so much about you from that aspect, just from that three-day intensive. Um, But your afterlife, being the host of Afterlife TV, is a great way for anybody that even that reads this book can then go back and watch the videos of where you got your information, you know, where you got a lot of your information and talked about it and it was um there's hours worth <laughs> hours worth <laughs> <laughs> boy i i should just talk to you every morning i would have a great day every day <laughs> the purpose i know the purpose of this is to let you talk so i'm gonna get, i promise you i'll get to this but i wanted for the people out there that know brian weiss for instance which i also love his book many lives many master he said about this book it's a wonderful and well-researched guide to the afterlife anita morjani another a great, great author, um, Dying to Be Me. This book is a wonderful map for those seeking, seeking their own discoveries as they explore the infinite possibilities. Um, both those books changed my life. And for what they say about this book, I do believe it's, it's another one of those books that will be life-changing. Um, I want to dive into, where I promise to let you talk, um, I want to dive into, as a private investigator, before you began this kind of investigation, yeah. What was it? What case type of cases did you um, look after or look at? Well, you know, it was interesting. I, when I first started, I got I got out of college. I went to school for criminology uh, or criminal justice, and um, I got out and started working in this field and uh, of private investigation. And so, when you first start, you know, you're a newbie, and uh, I'm sort of, I was mentoring under somebody, and so I originally started with those cases that that uh, sound exciting uh, when you're watching TV maybe, um, but they're not as much fun as they look, <laughs> <laughs> which is following, you know, like following cheating spouses around type of thing. Oh my uh, gosh, you'd have a full-time job here in LA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's probably true. I'm and the sorry. interesting thing I... was anybody who 
came to us thinking their their spouse was cheating on them, there was usually a reason for it. So in most cases, that was that was true. Uh, so we never really had too much good news to to deliver when the investigation was over. But but following some, I mean, someone can go for a week or or weeks uh, before they get together with the person that you know they're having an affair with, and so. You know, you spend a lot of time in your car. That wasn't as exciting. I moved on <laughs> from that to uh, investigating criminal cases. And, right. and that was certainly a lot more exciting, especially I had uh, a bunch of murder cases that I investigated. But what most people don't realize uh, is that it's the police that are trying to put these people in jail. So when a private investigator gets involved, uh, it's because the alleged criminal uh, has a defense attorney, and that attorney is the one that hires the PI. So I was hired right. by the alleged criminals' uh, defense attorneys to then do my own investigation, uh, with of course the purpose of you know, yes, getting a fair trial, but from the from the attorney's perspective, uh, trying to help them go free. And so if I did a good job, then that was usually the result. And uh, most of the cases that I investigated uh, it was pretty obvious that the they were they were the ones who committed the crime so uh, <laughs> I, so I didn't I didn't get a lot of fulfillment out of that and I moved Sorry. from that into investigating um, somewhere in the mean it, it, within there I did some undercover work where I would uh, work uh, for a corporation and we would uh, try to determine from the inside you know who was ripping them off and same thing, there's it's, 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 it's a certain amount of deceit involved. It's not a lot of fun in that way because all these, all these people, you're the new guy and all these people are being really, really kind to you and you're, you know, you're really deceiving them from the beginning because you're not who you pretend to be. So I, that didn't sit well with me and I never did those again. And I, I eventually ended up specializing in personally, personal injury investigations where... Uh, people were injured uh, mm -hmm. by products like an escalator or by uh, a car that was defective or all sorts of different things. And uh, I would be called in by the plaintiff attorneys uh, who were representing the people who got injured to um, investigate that case, uh, interview all the witnesses, get all the um, any kind of physical evidence that existed. Uh, to to bring in front of a journey a jur a jury and <laughs> that's a, you're used to that's a real tough so, one I know <laughs> well you're used to saying hey you know you're on this journey yeah that's <laughs> right journey that's that's right sure. thank you you're so supportive <laughs> yeah. I'm always thinking Bob <laughs> and that's where I kind of ended up I ended up doing personal injury cases and uh, because in my mind uh, one of the attorneys I worked for specialized uh, in in dangerous toys and I get such fulfillment out of feeling like right. we were forcing those those toy manufacturers and and other products, you know, for the other attorneys uh, into either making those products safer or taking them off the market altogether. And uh, so I was able to do my work as a private investigator in that way and actually feel fulfilled about it. I'm sure Melissa, your wife, would have <laughs> probably liked that the most. Yeah, she did. You know, she did. Right. You know, yeah. uh, I, I mean, yeah. part, part of that job involves, you know, people would would 
call me up and, and give me death threats and all that sort of thing, you know, when you're doing the criminal investigation. So, uh, you know, she didn't enjoy that part of it. That's for sure. So, uh, no, no. Well, and now that people have your background, um, a little bit, um, why don't you, uh, tell us what got you started in even looking at the afterlife? Yeah, um, what- I- I didn't believe, I didn't, I didn't know what I believed. I, I, I think if anything, I didn't know the word for it back then. I might've called myself an agnostic. Um, I wasn't sure what to believe. So therefore I believed in nothing. And as a PI, you know, I mean, I really did learn to only trust the evidence and, and to, to make my mind up based on the evidence. Uh, what got me to investigate the afterlife was that my father died in uh, 1997. He was 64 years old. I was in my mid-30s and uh, for the first time, even though I had I had had other people in my life die before that, but for the first time I actually wondered what happened to him, where he went. And, um, and, and it was because of that and some things that happened while he was dying that seemed a little mystical uh, that made me think maybe there's more to life and death than I realize. And so I will use my skills as a private investigator to uh, see if there's something out there. And that's kind of how it all started. Boy, <laughs> if you were psychic, you'd see the future of what it would take you to. 15 yeah. years of questioning. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I laugh when I've heard your uh, some of your afterlife TV comments about how you know you're at you're with your dog, <laughs> you're at the dog park, <laughs> and people ask you, "So what do you do?" <laughs> exactly, one of the most difficult questions. And and you know any psychic medium like yourself recognizes how difficult that question is when you're at uh, a social gathering locally. You know. <laughs> Uh, right. But yes, that was always the tough. I'm walking my dog, and I meet people who are walking their dog, and they, and they say, "What do you do?" And uh, my my brain would go <laughs> fuzzy at that point. <laughs> I just find that I'm for some. I just remember, you know, I can't help but laugh because the dog park actually has. It's like a Seinfeld to me. I've met the most incredible people at the dog park, and I kept it from everybody what I did, yeah. and I ended up working with an attorney who I guess her husband was, well, she had a client that was actually in a coma. And I was able to get information from him being in a coma that helped her resolve the case. And I didn't realize at the time her husband listened in on the conversation. She never told me that. And he came the next day, I showed up at the dog park and everybody's staring at me. (laughs) I'm like, what? What?" And he goes, you... I knew there was something different. You never told us what you did. And he goes, I can't believe this. He goes, I heard the whole conversation. (laughs) The whole park knew. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I never, I mean, people would say, talk about their kids. And I would say a couple of things, but I never was like, oh, well, this person likes this or this person. I was always just, I never, you obey the universal laws when you do this. You don't read people without their permission. And so but it was just so funny. And then the dog park grew to more people. I mean, it was just, it's been quite funny. So sorry. For well, it is that funny. Up. You know, one of the things about uh, working in this field in any, in, in, in any format really is 
that it, it reminds me of other things like um, I went through a depression year many years ago and I and I recognized that I didn't tell anybody about it you know there was an embarrassment right. to it and that sort of thing and then I learned later that you know so many people are suffering with depression if I had spoken up about it they, you know everybody would have been really happy to talk about it um, <laughs> and this is the same sort of thing it's like right. if you just get out there and tell people then you have all these people who are fascinated by it and, th right. and they want to talk about it. But right. there's also those people who would never want to talk to you again once they find out, right? <laughs> yep, and there's those people that you live with that are like, what do you mean you see ghosts? Why didn't you tell me this before we were married? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Exactly. Um, so, well, back to, back to this. Uh, there's so many questions. Oh, my gosh. I should stop with the dog park. Okay, when, <laughs> when, for instance, with your father, when we get signals from our deceased loved deceased loved ones, um, how, what was your personal experiences with your own dad, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah. Um, with him, uh, letting you know that he was there, whether it was through, I know that you went to uh, mediums. Obviously, this is why you're you have this book. But um, I mean. 15 years later, but your investigations, what was it that he did personally that made you question it, if you don't mind me asking? You know, I, what happened, orig the original thing that happened that made me question if there's more to life and death is, is that we, uh, my wife and I and my mother and my sister were all around him uh, in, in the hospital while he was on the bed uh, mm. dying, and, and he was taking his last breaths, and and we were we were all holding him, and uh, and we knew he was going because you know you have the monitor with all the beeping going on, um, right. and you can watch all the numbers, uh, and and they're they're all going down, you know, and his oxygen level and every his pulse, everything you can see it all uh, getting slower and slower, going down, going down, and then what what happened was my mother. All of a sudden, you know, realized what was happening, and she just burst out crying in, oh. in this like fit of sobbing, and uh, you know, recognizing that her best friend um, uh, of pr pretty much her whole life uh, had uh, was leaving her, and mm -hmm. and when this happened, all of a sudden everything went up, like all the numbers started to go up, and the beeping started to get faster. Wow. And there was no question that he was trying to hang on for her um, right. because of this. And uh, But what was most interesting, and I'll just tell the, the long story short, is that it happened, uh, I think, uh, two more times. So it's happened a total of three times. And every time she burst out crying, all, you know, all the beeping, all the numbers started to go up again. And, and then finally, you know, we kind of said, you know, I think he's trying to hang on for you, mom. And, and so she sort of got a hold of herself and then, and then he passed and he went. And that was really the first sign for me that, you know, huh, you know, how, how is he able to do that? And, then, and, then, and if you've ever been with someone who, who is dying, it's so, it's so clear, it's so obvious that, you know, when this when the spirit has left the body uh you know the lights are out and nobody's home i mean it's so obvious you can see life and then there's no life and you just know it uh you know right. something some sort of energy 
has left that body, they, they don't even, you know, they don't even appear the same anymore. They don't look the same, really. Um, right. So that was the first experience that got me wondering. And then after his death, um, there, were, there were two main things. I'm sure there were others, but the two main things that stand out in my mind, one was uh, he... Uh, it's it's interesting when I say this because he wasn't a flower guy, but if there were ever a flower that he liked, it was lilacs. Oh. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, because it's funny to bring it up, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure he's like in spirit going, oh, well, you're making me look like a sissy boy, you know. Um, <laughs> He was a truck driver, so right. he wasn't into flowers, but he did love the smell of lilacs. And uh, to the point where uh, at his gravesite, we planted a lilac tree. And um, but before all that, uh, he, uh, all of a sudden, all of us uh, in the family were smelling lilacs in places where it made absolutely no sense, like at our house where there were no lilacs around the house and and all the windows were closed or driving down the highway with all the windows up and maybe the air conditioning on or something. But in the weirdest places, all of a sudden, and it wasn't just like you get a hint of lilacs. It was, yeah, you whoa, you know, this, this big waft of, of lilac is, is filling the car or the room. And, and, and then there was one more thing after that, which was I was driving along by myself once uh, and I recognized this is in the, this is in the 90s. So we had this, I had this old radio that still had a needle and the, and the knobs would turn the needle back and forth. And I was listening to the radio and uh, all of a sudden the needle started moving and it started changing from station to station to station. And I grabbed the knob to stop it and it wouldn't stop. And it wow. just kept going and it went all the way to the end and it started on its way back. And then it made, so for some reason I thought of my father. Now this is, this is a skeptic, you know, I don't know why, but <laughs> I think it has something to do with their presence. You tear and, out the whole radio. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, well, I practically did, right. And I thought of him, and uh, and as soon as I thought of him, it stopped. And then now the knob worked. And I had that car for a couple more years, and it never did it again. So those are those are a couple of the stories that sort of really convinced me that there must be something to all this, and it was worth investigating. Wow. That is... Uh you know, I'm sure when when I hear these stories, when I hear this story, I get you know total chills, which is their energy, which is this, which is spirit's energy, and it just, it's. Um, I used to make fun of my mom, and she's like, "Oh, I have the chills." I'm like, "Ah, oh, stop it! <laughs> is it because of the moon? <laughs> you know, all those things that haunt you later." <laughs> you know, I love my mom. God bless her. Oh, seven children. I'm one of seven children. Whoa. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Wow. And then, of course, my friends are like, "There's seven of you." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Clones. They're all clones. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's always funny to get that reaction. Yeah, that's um, right. Well, um, speaking of which, um, you really do answer not only the questions. The one of my uh, most uh, like one of the things that you know every, when you go through this book and i have to tell you so i went through the i went through your whole book yeah. and at first though i started skip you know i went to my you know okay what is he saying about this what is he saying about that and then i'm like okay i might as well go to the front and really start reading it and you say you know at first <laughs> i thought, i you know i thought it could be you can open it up and do this and read and but really, you need to start from the beginning so it builds up towards the end. Because if you go straight to the suicides, you're going to miss out 
on yeah. every single thing. That <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which made perfect sense. But it was just so funny because I caught myself. I'm like, of course, of course we're supposed to read it from the beginning. <laughs> from the beginning. And it really does build up and build up. And it comes in in so many different ways. You know, but uh, the, my favorite was how you described the spirit and the difference between a spirit and a soul. Oh, yeah. I, that I, is really just, I don't know why. I've always described it different ways, but you just made it so damn easy, sorry, so easy <laughs> to understand. And every single time I quote you, everybody goes, oh, <laughs> wow. yeah, that makes sense. You know, and I have to tell you, Jeffrey Hayes, um, who has, was, he actually told me about your book. Then I forgot about it, but I actually got it on my own, and he was going to send it to me. It was that question that touched him, too. He lost his daughter in a tragic accident. Oh. And um, he contacted me through your site. And it was, I'm telling you, it did so much for him. Yeah. As, and it, that, in and of itself, the spirit and the soul, can you, can you let us, you know, talk a little bit about, well, we can spend the whole hour on it, but... Can you talk a little bit about that? I will. I'll I'll try to do it briefly and try to give it some justice. But I will say, you know, uh, before that, I I agree with you. I mean, I was going through uh, my life investigating the afterlife. And for years, you know, so everything was coming together. All the evidence was making sense. And what I loved about it was how, you know, what I was learning from mediums, uh, paralleled what I was learning from near-death experiences or learning from, right. you know, past life, past life work in all sorts of different ways. And it, 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 it all was, uh, it, working together, you know, it wasn't contradicting one another. Right. Yeah. And so I love that, but still I was having a hard time answering some questions. And, and the big question of course is, you know, like, and you can say this a million different ways, but why do bad things happen to good people? Um, that was that was a real big one. Like I felt like I never felt entirely comfortable answering that question based on what I had learned, no matter what I had learned. Um, and and then the other one was, and it's a very common question for people, which is, you know, if I, when you're talking about reincarnation or you know uh, future lives, and again, not everybody believes in that, but um, people would ask this question: If my father, who has deceased, reincarnates before I die, is he not going to be there for me when I cross over? So, and this was a very common question. I didn't know how to answer that until I finally put this all together, and and. And the, 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 my description of the difference between, or really, I, I, don't, I guess you'd call it the difference between the spirit and the soul, um, it put it all together for me. But to, to try right. to explain that, to me, in its most basic terms, and try to do it as briefly as I can, is this, what I think of, I think of, um, I think we call it source. We think of source, and, uh, and I've, I'll call that God as well. I think of God, and I'll use, I'll use the word source because I think of God more as, as energy at, right. rather than a big guy in the sky. And, right. Um, and all, the, all the people who've had near-death experiences have come back and said, you know, 
they have experienced God, but they didn't describe God as the big guy, guy in the sky. They, they describe God as, as an energy, as a light. And so when I think of, uh, so I call a source or God, you have that. And I, and, and this is, uh, like a little fable that I made up in my head to help describe this. But so God decides it wants to experience life in many different ways. And right. so it creates uh, souls and it creates many, many souls to go out and experience life. Right. And the, the souls then, they stay in the spirit world. They're, you know, they're the next level down from, from source. And what they do is they create spirits to go and experience individual lives. And right. it is the, uh, the spirit that enters a human body and experiences that life. So now what happens, now I'm always connected to my, me as Bob, the spirit of Bob, is always <laughs> right. connected to my soul, uh, uh, which is always connected to source or God. So right. we're always connected, but we as humans, right, we can't feel that. And so one of the analogies, and I'm not, I'm not the first one to make this up, but uh, one of the analogies I use is that if you think of the soul as the ocean and uh, the waves as the spirit, the waves are going to the shore to experience the shore. Right. And when they wash back, they just meld back in with the soul. And the only difference that I can... Uh, I can say, because I think the only confusion one might get is the spirit then does not disappear. The, right. the spirit retains its personality the same, like Bob will always exist. Bob Olson will always exist when I pass and go and, and, and rejoin my soul in the spirit world. Um, and I'll always be there as Bob, but I'll right. also, the higher, my higher self, and a lot of people use that term, my higher self, right is my soul, soul, which has experienced many lives. It, I'm telling you, I, it was, it's, it's a game changer. And again, we, you and I both agree, we've heard this many times in different ways. Yeah. But it just, because even as a medium, when I'm, you know, when I do investigations, yep. um, it's hard for me at times, knowing that an innocent person was killed, right. and thinking, okay, and I used to ask for the contracts. I'm like, I need to know the contract. And this is how I was able to do it because otherwise it gets really debilitating for the medium. I used to say, I need to know why. And I'll keep it to myself, but I need to know why this happened. And yeah. I would get their contracts. And that was enough for me. But you made it, you know, you just added just another level by, you know, and as, you know, by the, by your, by the way that you described it, it really does mean, you know, this particular life is the, is all, this is your life right now. Yeah. And it's one life. Yes. So all the things that everybody has said throughout time, you only have one life. Well, okay. This, <laughs> but this spirit, you know, that leaves, because I've always, people are always asking that when you dive deep into this work, yeah. you know, well, what about you reincarnating? You know, I'm like, well, and I used to say it like this, we're tentacles of something else. And this is just one tentacle. And we remain the same and our knowledge carries, you know, carries with us right. and goes through. And the ocean, I'm fortunate enough to 
<laughs> be looking at the ocean right now from my office. Wow. I am so grateful every single time I'm in my office to actually be able to see that. But as you're describing this and I'm looking at the ocean, like, you know, we are so lucky to live right now where we have this opening, this gateway, as you would call it, one of the gateways of the many. Yeah. That really gives us that internal knowing that something, you know, because there's a lot of people that are looking at the beach that are depressed. There's a lot of people that, you know, like you said, um, if we discuss it, you know, people are happy to discuss people that, you know, they're happy to discuss it to get people better, to mm. help that knowing from the inside. You know, That's like right. you, you're just, you know, which you talked to, you covered in your class about the description of you have, you first come, why don't you explain that actually? I'll let you oh. talk about that. <laughs> where, where are you I going could, with that? I, Tell, could, <laughs> I could talk to you. I could talk about no, what go you ahead. Well, So where were you going about the, in, in terms of the, the workshop? Three, the, the three phases of somebody that, you know, that looks into, you know, that oh, bases right. their experiences upon somebody else. Then they first, then they experience it themselves and then they have the internal knowing. Which is That's something, right. you know. I, I I say that I went through three stages um, during this investigation, which is um, I went through a skeptic stage. And you know, for the first two years after my father died, I was still a skeptic. I didn't find any evidence. It wasn't until I met a medium, and and I was able to get uh, enough evidence that was clearly evidence to me uh, that I felt like, oh, well, now my investigation has started. And so that's why if you do the, if you add up the years, you recognize, you know, it's, it's actually been 17 years. But, so why does he keep saying 15? But, um, but it's because the first two years I didn't find any evidence. My skepticism was too strong and meaning that I was blind to the psychics and the tarot readers and astrologers who had given me incredible readings, but uh, I was too locked into my skepticism to recognize it as such. And it wasn't until I had uh, a reading with a medium where this stranger was giving me uh, uh, information that she couldn't possibly know that she was getting from my father in spirit and other loved ones in spirit uh, with, with great detail that I suddenly was able to move beyond my skepticism. My, I say my skepticism cracked wide open, um, right. and, and, and that's what happened. But the stages I went through, so I went from skepticism to believer, and a lot of people do this, so a skepticism to believer to knower. And, and when I say that, so believer, skepticism is, we, a lot of times it's based in fear, of being right. made the fool. We don't want to be made the fool. We, you, know, right. you know, my parents told me about Santa Claus and then, you know, <laughs> you know, and so, and so I'm like, I'll never be made the fool again. Right. And right. then, um, and then you go into the believing stage and the believing stage is, um, you're, you're believing information that you've learned from somebody else. And this is where all religion is. When, when, and I'm not talking about a, when people have a religious experience. I'm talking about when we go to our religious leaders and they teach us things. And it's not a personal experience, but we're, we're on faith. We're believing what they tell us. And then it goes into a knowing when we have a personal experience which is sacred to us and we recognize on a cellular, some might say a soul level, right. that the experience that we just had is true 
and it's true to us. We don't care if it's true to anybody else. We know it's real. And uh, one of the a greatest uh, example that I can give is when I had my first um, past life regression. I, mm-hmm. I went into a past life during that past life regression, and I re-experienced this lifetime. Now, again, it wasn't lifetime as Bob. It was lifetime as George in 1643 in a Celtic land. And I wow. knew at a soul level that I experienced that. And, right. and so, and so that's what I call a knowing. I, it was a knowing to me. And uh, so I went and what I, what I say, one of the things that I think you're referring to is we, we have, the only way we, we can have, uh, come to a knowing is through personal experience. Right. Uh, and we can right. come to a belief, uh, through vicarious experience. So you right. can tell me about your past life regression and if I've never had one before, I can come to a belief because I'm living vicariously through your regression. But right. if I go and have my own regression, now I can get to a knowing because I've experienced it myself. It's, uh, it's, it's again, you made it as much as we just talked, you know, as much as you talked about it just then, you made it very simple. And it's very, it's something that um, I take with me when I, when I discuss things to clients. I'm like, this is, you know, goes back to the sacred experience. Not everybody's going to understand it. They have to have their own experience. Yeah. And you mentioned that when you tell everybody, because you're so excited that this person said this or that, if they, if they don't know it, they're going to dilute that experience. Because another thing, that, another great thing that you said was about the proof, about spirituality is subjective. Yeah. And no one can ever prove the afterlife, you know. And, but it's... Everybody has to go through that. Everybody has to go through those stages to get where they're at. And just live in the question is probably the best way. And that's what you said. They're like, don't take my answers, you know. I'm going yeah. to give you evidence. Don't take my – it took us years to understand this. Like, my biggest <laughs> thing was when I look at – when I tell something, like, it's my job to give you evidence. You're, it's not my job to make you believe because that's your yeah. job. I'm, I'm – I don't – that is not something – it took me forever. Why would I expect you to go, okay, <laughs> It's just not, it's, no. y- you have to go through it yourself. But, um, and nobody likes to be, have anything shoved down their throat. And I, it's, it's the reason that I, I start the book and I end the book by telling people, you know, on answers about the afterlife, right. don't take my answers as your answers, right? Um, I want you to become your own afterlife investigator, is what I'm trying to encourage people to do. But the only thing that I think, the book can do for people is open their minds to the possibilities. Sometimes if we don't know something even exists, we might not even see it if it's right before our eyes. So by having a vicarious experience, which is what reading a book is, it can open our mind to new possibilities. So then all of a sudden we see it and we recognize it as such. And now it's our own personal experience. You know, you just t- you talk about after-death communications. You know, people have had dream visitations. They're, they're all over there. They're, thousands and thousands of them across right. the world, right? And, but they don't really know if it was just a dream or if it was real. And when then, you know, I get on the radio, I get to talk about dream visitations um, a- as being real and why they're different than regular dreams. And then so many people who have had them go, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I experienced. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? 
I absolutely love what you talked about afterlife communication on Afterlife TV. And they ta- he talked about Sam. Oh, the yeah. Extra- oh, my goodness. That was so compelling about yeah. what he went through and how it changed him. That brief moment that he had, um, I recommend – Bob – other than AfterlifeTV.com, how can how can our listeners find you? Um, well, they can they can learn more about the book at BobOlson.com, so that's easy. Okay. You can spell that's it easy. any way you want. You'll get there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> make sure to do that. And, uh, and and if they they want to download a free chapter of the book, they can do so there. Um, and uh, then Best Like Directory, which you are on BestLikeDirectory.com. Yes. Uh, people can go there, and that's we got 800 psychics and mediums listed there that people can choose from, and they're all they're, there's reviews from the public that are all right. about them, and then AfterlifeTV.com uh, is the show that you you've referred to a couple of times, and that's just yeah. where I interview uh, experts and people who have had near death experiences or after death communications and uh, all kinds of cool people and. Um, and that's, you know, it's just fun for me. I, I enjoy it so much. And I think my passion comes through when I'm doing it and, and it's just a fun show, you know, I loved how Brian Weiss was the first time he ever did Skype was with you. I know it's crazy. I actually, Bill Guggenheim, who, who coins right. the term, after death communication. That was his first right. time as well. A lot of firsts. <laughs> it was. Very, <laughs> he's so funny because I met him. But he's just, you know, it. It was just funny. He's like, well, this is my first time. I needed a little help. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He's so cool, man. It's so, and he's hilarious. If, he's if hilarious. You see him go because. Oh and, my you know, And recognize he's sarcastic. If you incredibly if you, sarcastic. No ahead of time. <laughs> Then you'll be prepared for it because he has the greatest humor, um, and but it's very you know it's sort of dry, it's sort yes. of quiet, and right. But he's 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 such a nice man. Yeah, he's like well, one of the things he, when he did a you know a group um, uh, past life regression, he goes, okay, think of an ailment <laughs> that you have, and he goes, and if you don't have one, I have plenty. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I will give you one. <laughs> Sounds like him. That's right. Oh my. Goodness gracious, it was super funny. Yeah, he um, is. <laughs> oh, and, and then I should also mention the workshop that you've talked about, psychicmediumworkshop.com. And, you know, it's so funny because as you say it, I've never <laughs> – I've actually <laughs> – I've only recommended this to psychics and mediums. What is wrong? It is amazing for everybody. Regular people, I think, would really what? gain a lot from that workshop. Um, so psychicmediumworkshop.com if you want to <laughs> check that out. Well, it's, <laughs> what's it's funny to me is that I, I send people to that because I'm like, if you don't know what to look for in a medium or a psychic or whatever, I'm like, this is great because everybody's, in, you know, a lot of people that cross my path are psychic and everybody has the intuitive capabilities yeah. but um, I'm like this will really let you know what and and you're you know what to look for and what signs like what do you see how do you get your information like you really go home for a lot it was it was very you know I really liked you even though I didn't know you it was a great it was <laughs> it's it a was, good thing or I wouldn't awesome. be here today we got to meet Melissa. <laughs> Melissa, you can't get remarried. <laughs> oh, you boy, you got a good memory. Oh my God, that was hilarious. <laughs> like 
because that's one of the questions that you know people want to know if they can get remarried. You're like Melissa, no way. that's right we did we had a good time and and i think what's nice is i think the people who listen can have a good time with us as well yeah well i sure did (laughs) i was by myself but (laughs) (laughs) laughing by yourself your husband's wondering what's wrong with you (laughs) well that wouldn't be the first or the last he's still in (laughs) he's still in the second stage he's like i just haven't had my own experience i'm like you married it i'm like come on that's right. <laughs> he seen me work. He seen me work with the FBI. He seen me work with the DEA, and he still is like, I believe it, but I just haven't had my own. And I'm like, that's okay. True. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I always recommend for people make sure you have a reading with a stranger because if right. if you don't, that person, uh, you you're always questioning. Did they know that about me already? Those things. Right, that right, right. When you go to a perfect stranger, it's it's so nice when they are telling you you know, some pretty important details about your life that obviously there's no way they could possibly know, you know? Right. Well, we have to kind of wind it down, and I'm really... I <laughs> <laughs> went by fast. <laughs> That's not fair. Not fair um, Yeah. Do you have any, like, are you, are you planning on going on a book tour? Or what are you doing other than, um, well, you're, you, I would love to see you come out to the West Coast. I'd love to see you um, promote your book that way, if at all possible. I don't know what your plans are. You know, I don't have any plans to do that yet. Um, okay. I, gotta, I, you know, I have a PR agency that's lining up uh, interviews and stuff like that, and uh, and that all can be done from home. And part of it is because I love the work that I do so much. You know, right. with my websites and right. and, and like that's when you true. have. When you have 800 psychics and mediums you know, <laughs> on bestpsychicdirectory.com, it's kind of right. hard to just leave. And um, I agree. You're all on your own. But, and, and because I love it so much, I tend to be a little bit of a homebody because I do work out of my house. And I think I'm going to be doing a lot more Afterlife TV. Um, okay. I think I'm going to ramp that up and hopefully Good. do it a lot, a lot more of those. And uh, I keep finding new things in my investigation, so I'm sure I'll be doing a lot more writing in the future as well. Uh, yeah, I'm sure book two is on its way. Well, I want to say thank you. Um, I appreciate you and all the work that you do to educate the clients, which is really important, as well as the psychic mediums. Um, you know, I'm a member of uh, Shea Parker's Best American Psychics, and she's, you know, she's making a stand in trying to get things yeah. ethically and morally Correct, and I just the work that you guys do is so so important. And um, yeah. thank you for joining me. Thank you well, so much for joining me today. No, please, I'm the one who's grateful, and uh, I appreciate I appreciate the work that you're doing. Just the fact that oh. uh, you've had me on, and you're educating people with your show like this, it's amazing. And so, uh, please uh, know that it's been a real pleasure for me. I think I'll have a smile on my face for a couple of weeks because of you. <laughs> so thanks so much. And thanks to you listeners as well. All righty. Thank you. And with that, thanks, listeners. Um, I'll be back next month with uh, your Spirit Hour. Thank you for spending the past hour with psychic medium Jennifer Schaefer, your translator of spirit. Join Jennifer the second Tuesday of every month right here on Shea Parker's Best of the Best as Jennifer brings you your spirit hour. 
Find Jennifer at jenniferschafer.com. That's Jennifer, S-H-A-F-F-E-R.com. And also at bestamericanpsychics.com, where Jennifer earned the prestigious 2014 Psychic of the Year Award. Jennifer thanks all her listeners and encourages you to remember love. Oh,